The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Six, four, Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast with me, yours truly, Dylan Short, after a very nice game by the Atlanta Braves. Reminder, if you're looking to send as many of your Bravos to the All-Star game as possible, phase two of the All-Star voting has gotten underway, uh, or either that or like might start Thursday, one of those two, I'm not entirely sure, but you're only going to be able to, vo- to vote once per day. I believe Phase 2 started yesterday, so if you want to send Orlando Arcia to the All-Star game, as you should, and you want to make sure that he's the starter, as you should, make sure you're voting every single day and get them all along. All right, that's going to be my PSA. You guys have been here long enough to know what I'm about, what I'm looking to do. Last night, I'm going to give a lot of kudos to the Braves. Uh, it was a hard-fought win over not a good Minnesota team. Minnesota's a terrible team, but Sonny Gray has pitched really, really well. In, in fact, I, I would say it's probably the best he's looked since those years in, uh, in, in, in Oakland when Sonny Gray looked like he was going to be one of the next great young pitchers in baseball. Now, he eventually kind of settled into being more like a number three role not really a one or a two, uh, and he really wasn't good in New York. Now I don't, I don't blame him. Whenever you're playing in little league, little league ballparks, and basically every stadium in New York is a little league ballpark, then you kind of get it. But he's kind of alternated good years and bad years. His best season was actually 2019. Ironically enough, in the middle of the juiced ball, somehow, some way, Sonny Gray managed to not give up home runs when his home ballpark was. Cincinnati we all saw we saw what the ball was doing in that Cincinnati series which we'll, we'll touch on in a little bit um, but he had a he had a good outing yesterday he, he pitched well what I thought would be a letdown game for the Braves they were able to go out there and, and kind of stick around long enough and then towards the back end of the game they just kind of added on and blew it up and were able to get themselves a victory now it wasn't the easiest victory of all time it wasn't uh It it wasn't the prettiest offensive game that we've seen the Braves have. But you walk out with a 4-1 victory, and the Braves are sitting at 51 wins. And I know, most importantly for a lot of people, I said yesterday was a letdown game or potentially a letdown game. Hard to have a letdown game when Spencer Strider is feeling it the way that he's feeling it. And yesterday, that's two starts in a row now where he's kind of really dedicated himself to trying to be a little bit more like last year's Spencer, where he's come out and he's throwing 98, 99s. Uh, and the fastball command is much, much better. Now, it's not 100% him. 
he still gave up a, a long home run to Joey Gallo yesterday, but hey, it is Joey Gallo, and that's kind of all he does. Um, but Spencer went seven innings, which was a great sign for him. That's usually what I worry about. When he threw exactly 100 pitches, 65 of them for strikes. Give up three hits, one earned run on the homer, two walks, and 10 strikeouts for Spencer Strider. And in a day in which the Braves had zero bullpen guys to turn to, none of their high leverage guys because they got used in every single game in Cincinnati because all of them ended up being games where you had to go to the bullpen very early. A.J. smith Shaver, who got sent down yesterday for uh, Derek Rodriguez. And, oh, by the way, looks like maybe tomorrow might just be a Michael Soroka home debut, which would be incredible. Soroka's had three great starts in Gwinnett since being sent back down. A.J. smith Shaver got blown up in Cincinnati. And not, I, I, I was saying this on Twitter. I'm not going to, you know, piece him apart or blow him up or say that you should be out on A.J. smith Shaver after having a bad start against that Reds lineup and in that stadium. If you if you watched the, the series in Cincinnati, I believe there was something – there was over 20 home runs, I want to say, between both teams over three games. It was just absolutely absurd. The ball was flying out of the ballpark with just a flick of the wrists, and that got to A.J. smith Shaver, Jared Schuster, who also only went four and a third. That was really the thing. Smith Shaver, I don't, I don't even know if, if AJ went for a full four, but Schuster wasn't able to go five. Uh, you had to burn the bullpen early and often in both of those games, and then even Charlie, who didn't look great, didn't look the worst he's ever looked, but didn't look great either. He had to struggle to get through five innings, so you ended up going into yesterday's game down basically everyone in the bullpen. You ended up having Colin McHugh, Ben Heller, and Kirby Yates available out of the bullpen, and I'm pretty sure those were the only three guys in the bullpen that were available to throw. Luckily, you had Spencer Strider bear down and and kind of act accordingly and act like an ace is supposed to act, and he went out there, and he gave you seven innings on a day where you had no bullpen, and he looked great doing it. Now, Minnesota is a team that strikes out a ton. I won't be surprised if we whiff them a ton in every single game this series. They, they whiff basically more than anybody. That's kind of what their mantra is. It's swing for the fences. And, I, you know, whenever you have Byron Buxton and Joey Gallo and Max Kepler on the same team, you're going to strike out a lot. That's kind of what they do. And then they try to sell it out for power. And it works generally. They're probably going to win the AL Central. Now, that's not really saying much. It's a garbage division. But, you know, it's better to get to the postseason than not to get to the postseason. And for them, they're just looking to do damage with one swing of the bat. We know how we talk about this with the Braves sometimes, about how it seems if they're not getting the home run ball, then they're not getting anything. Well, that's that's exactly what Minnesota is. Now, Minnesota had six hits yesterday. They were only able to put across one. That's because of all the hits they got against Spencer, five of them were sing- or I mean, I should make sure how many they actually had against Spencer. Had three hits against Spencer, including the home run. But that home run was the only extra base hit they actually got. The other five hits were all singles. They didn't really steal any bags. There was an error for them. This is a team that the Braves should feel pretty handily against. And the Twins at 40 and 40, they're obviously they're, they're not a very great team. Nobody in that division really is. But now that you're able to survive that game one, as I generally state, game one to me is the most important game of a series. If you take game one, especially in a three-game series, four games a little bit different, but in a three-game series, you take game one, you kind of press the issue on how the outcome of that series is going to turn out. 
it's really hard to win consecutive games for you know any real length of time in Major League Baseball. And that's going to be important because tonight, it is a whale of a matchup tonight. This is going to be Bryce Elder and Joe Ryan. And if you're not aware of Joe Ryan, this is one of those guys where the Twins fleeced the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, Tampa traded Joe Ryan to get Nelson Cruz, who was not good in Tampa. Joe Ryan, though, looks like kind of kind of similar to, to Sonny Gray when Sonny was at his peak, where he's kind of like one of these really underrated, outstanding pitchers. You look at Joe Ryan on the season, he's thrown 93 and two-thirds innings, got a 2.98 ERA with a .91 whip, 100 strikeouts, which is pretty interesting because he doesn't throw especially hard but does not walk anyone. 15 walks to those 100 strikeouts in 93 and two-thirds. It's a tall task. That is, he is the best pitcher for Minnesota, uh, and honestly, a guy that I really, really wish the Braves could somehow find their hands uh, on. But he's going to be going up against Bryce Elder, who's been the steadiest pitcher for the Braves this year and still the NL leader uh, in ERA, I believe, as I am making this podcast and he's with his 2-4 ERA now he has a higher whip at 1-1-1 that's okay 90 innings pitch 75 strikeouts so he doesn't have the swing and miss that Joe Ryan has 24 walks but Bryce Elder just gets outs that's what he does he, he just every single time out there he just goes out there and he mows down lineups and you might get a single off of him it's going to instantly be a race with a double play because when you run a 57 percent ground ball rate that's what happens and that's what he's able to do his fastball, and, and if you were if you were watching Bally yesterday, uh, you got to see a really good breakdown by a friend of mine, by a good buddy, Wiley Ballard, who is just awesome. Wiley, who I've worked with at 680 The Fan for a while, he's getting a lot of run on Bally uh, and helping, you know, you're, he's starting to not just be the stats guy. You're starting to see him on television a whole lot more. And Wiley had a great breakdown uh, about the differences in Spencer Strider and uh, Bryce Elder. Namely, you know, because you guys know, I've mentioned they don't throw the same way, but they attack in the same way where they're looking to put balls in places that are just uncomfortable not to swing at where a, a, a hitter does not have an easy decision. And that just kind of makes them tense up. Well, the other difference is, is things like the release heights on the fastball where Bryce Elder, who's not a big guy. He's also not a small guy. The ball is it's, it's six foot six when he releases it. So it's that over the top motion on his fastball or sinker that's what gives it that bowling ball quality that helps it really bear down and makes it really difficult to get underneath and then you've got spencer whose release height is much lower but the stride length is far different spencer strider is about a seven foot stride length he he's one he's got gigantic feet for his size i don't know if anybody else has noticed that if it's just me but he gets way down on the mound and it makes that fastball play up even more now the other good thing is both of them do a really good job tunneling pitches, which if you're not familiar with the term, tunneling just means the, the you release the balls from the same release point in the same like hand position, basically, so that it's hard to differentiate which pitch you're throwing. So like when you see Spencer and you say, well, he's got a fastball and a slider. Doesn't a slider look different? It does, but he has what's called a four-seam slider. So the grip and the release point are very similar to his fastball. So it's very hard to figure out that he's going to a slider. If you see a guy, and typically if you guys pitched at all, you guys know that sliders, since you're breaking your 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 you know your you're breaking your wrist over and breaking the elbow over, you almost end up with a thumb pointed to the batter when you're done. Well, that's pretty perceptible when when you see on a four seam you've got the the points of your fingers are pointed towards home plate, whereas on a breaking ball, 
typically you've got the backs of your fingers right in between that first and well i guess that second and third knuckle that first and second knuckle generally those are going to end up being pointed towards it your thumb's going to be up as you're coming through just because your your wrist is is up and down and not kind of flat it's i don't know i hope i'm doing a decent job explaining it to you uh, over a podcast it's, it's much easier if you can see if you hold a baseball you kind of know what i'm saying look up a four seam grip and look up a slider grip and you'll see what i'm talking about and hitters who who are zoned in to being able to pick up very tiny almost imperceptible differences they're able to pick something like that up and that kind of lets them know hey if this is if it's a pitch that looks outside or if it's starting on the outer half of the plate and i see that he's got a slider grip i'm not going to swing because it's not going to be a strike conversely if i see that it's starting up and it's a and he's got a fastball grip in his hand i'm just going to let it go because it's not going to drop down and get me it's a fastball it's going to be out of the zone that's one of those things that that it, it seems small and it seems minor but it can it, it's one of those key things in a major league game that makes pitching so difficult, especially for young guys. So to have the, the rotation anchored by two 24-year-olds right now, Strider and Bryce Elder, in some ways you would say you want some more veteran, I don't want to say this word, but I'm going to say it, veteran presence. And that's what you're supposed to get out of Charlie Morton. That's really what you're supposed to get out of Max Reed, who, good news on the Max Reed front, looks like he's going to be back it's going to be after the All-Star break, obviously. July 5th, I believe, is the first day he's eligible to come off. So next week, we could actually see him come off of the IL, which would be just wonderful. But I think it's it'll be after the All-Star break when he comes back, and maybe even a little bit longer than that, because he's going to have to really build the arm strength back up. Um, once they get that out of the way, and you, the Braves can kind of go to that rotation that they were kind of banking on at the start of the year, I think things kind of look a little bit different especially as we get closer and closer to the all-star break, which I believe will start up. Uh, it, it's the week of the ninth. If you want to start by a Sunday uh, and then you'll, you'll actually end with the Rays. You'll come back and you'll, you'll, we'll get a three game set with the white Sox, the diamondbacks, the brewers, and then a two game set with the red Sox for another three with the brewers. Not the easiest month of July to end on, but not the most difficult. You'll get some good matchups in there and some bad teams, but we might get a chance to see Spencer Strider versus Dylan Cease, which is kind of, I've, I've always wanted to see that matchup just because they look the same. They're very similar. I kind of wanted to see that going, um, but it'd be nice to see Max Freed back out there before we even get to August or at the very, very beginning of August. Now there's some good news on Kyle Wright, who's also throwing. I kind of maintain though, I don't, I'm still not a hundred percent sure that you're going to see Kyle Wright pitch again this year. I don't think he'd be even ready until September. And if you're getting what you want out of the starting rotation, which I still think is a six-man rotation optimally, that way you're not putting too much stress on Max, you're not putting too much stress on Spencer or Bryce Elder, who hasn't really thrown this many. By the time this season's over, he won't have thrown this many innings for a while either. You keep everybody fresh. Now you can figure out what you're going to do with Jared Schuster and Smith Schauver. Uh, personally, I don't think either of those are going to be long-term in there because neither of them are getting a postseason start. Smith Schauver is a guy that if you needed bullpen help, I think that the Braves could use him in the bullpen, but I think at this point you're going to kind of monitor his innings a little bit. I think he'll get more starts this year, for sure. Definitely in the month of September. But I think uh, if Soroka comes up and, and kind of shows that he's figured some things out, like what you've seen over his past three Gwinnett starts, then he's going to stick up there. And then if Kyle Wright comes back all well and good, if not, I'm still rolling a six-man rotation. You just figure out between Schuster, 
and you, I just need you to figure out between Schuster and Smith Shaver which of those two you'd rather have up and which one you'd rather have down. I don't really care about it at that point. At that point, even if even if neither of those two guys are great, and this is probably why I would lean towards Schuster. I, if I'm rolling a six man out, really that sixth starter, he's really just there to maintain the rest for the other guys especially by the point that that's rolling out. I'm not worried about the Braves making it to the postseason. You look around at the NL East right now, and we're going to get a uh, – after this twin series, we're going to get a, a set with the Marlins. I think we're all still kind of waiting for them to regress to the mean. It's very difficult to have a very successful season and have a negative run differential, which the Marlins do. It's also extremely difficult to have a good season, and your best player, the guy that won the Cy Young last year, has been the worst pitcher for them. On the one side of that, we can say, all right, cool, they've, they've stayed afloat, and when he gets better, they're going to just be better. The other side of that is if he doesn't get better quickly, I don't know that you should expect them to continue dominating when Sandy Alcantara seemingly can't pitch or can't seem to figure out what's exactly wrong. And I, I don't think they're going to have a Yuri Perez throw a ton of innings at the big league level. I think at some point they're going to shuttle him back down, maybe even bump him to the pin if they just want to have him around something's going to happen because I don't think they're going to let him throw 150 innings. And their lineup, while I love me some more Solaire, and Luis Arise is chasing 400, it's still not a lineup that you look at and think is, is ever one that's in danger of spotting up seven runs on the regular. But it's still pretty nice when the Braves flex their division muscle a little bit. And while I'm not worried about the Braves getting to the postseason, I still want to ruin everybody else's day. That said, I don't, I don't, I don't mind Miami, especially since they fired uh, Don Mattingly. That's really all it took was just fire Don Mattingly, and, and I was fine with the Marlins. Um, and what's what's good for them is bad for Philadelphia and bad for New York, which is infinitely funnier. So we'll maintain that. Uh, but for the Braves, we still kind of look at what's going to happen towards the trade deadline. It's getting closer and closer. And there's a lot of people looking for starting pitching. I really, I really don't think the Braves are going to be big players in, for, in uh, the trade market for, for a couple of reasons. One, there's not going to be a lot of guys available. There's just really not. Now, if you want to say that the Braves need to go out there and get a more reliable bullpen arm, I would like that. And I think if something's going to happen, that's going to happen. And we've seen in the past that generally Alex is going to make a bullpen move. I just don't know that it's going to be there. I don't know that the offer is going to be there. The value is going to be there for what Alex is looking to do. I think it's, it's obviously it's a, it's a seller's market. If you, there's not a lot of teams that are selling. And if you decide that you're going to be one of those that does, even if you're not fully selling, but you're willing to offer like relievers because they're easy to replace, you can kind of dictate some heavy prices. And that's just not something that I see Alex wanting to pay for a team that if you don't make any moves, I still think is the best team in Major League Baseball. Now, again, I think we'll find out more against Tampa. But when you go that route and you look at the other, I would say the other two teams that you could argue are right there with the Braves, if not slightly ahead, are Tampa and Texas. And Tampa, as good as their starting rotation is, and it is nasty. As good as their lineup is, and it is nasty. Their bullpen is not that good at all. It's probably worse than the Braves' bullpen. Texas, their lineup, incredible. Their starting pitching is very good. It was great when DeGrom was healthy, but he's not. Evaldi has been incredible. John Gray has pitched awesome. Uh, Martin Perez has been fine. They've gotten some good work out of Dane Dunning, but their team, I think, needs to go after a starting pitcher in the trade deadline. Uh, I, 
Like if depending on who decides to make who available, I think Texas will walk away uh, with a with a pretty big starting pitcher. They also need bullpen help. Their bullpen is pretty terrible. And when you're looking at this as a, from a Braves fan perspective, your weaknesses and their weaknesses are the same thing or, or align. Your weakness is less than is is you know more of a strength than their weaknesses. Like the Braves bullpen, while it hasn't been what we were all hoping, and while there's been some sphincter clinchers lately, it's still miles better than what Texas has in the bullpen, and it's better than what Tampa has in the bullpen. Now it hasn't really bothered those two teams because their lineups are so great, but this is something that you do notice. While I don't maintain that it's pitching and defense that win championships or win in October. You don't want to be the team with the worst bullpen. You don't want to be the easiest matchup for an opposing offense. You're facing the best teams in baseball at that point. So it, it you know, you're probably not going to have too many outcomes in a postseason where you're, you know, bombing 10 runs per game. Probably not something that's going to happen very often. We'll see what the Braves do. It's still a little early to get too caught up in it. Um, I, I would, I'd be looking at the Adbert Alzali from the Cubs. He's a guy that piques my interest uh he's another one of these multi-inning guys former starter who's moved to the bullpen and has just been absolutely lights out uh, i love his stuff really good slider mid-90s fastball i like it a lot um there's a few other guys that you kind of like scott barlow with kansas city probably not going to cost much closer experience he's not great but he's, he he'd be a nice person to add into this bullpen especially since it's kind of looking like nick anderson needs a little bit of a break i don't think anybody is going to be happier for the all-star break than nick anderson i think he could use a little bit of time he's he's been a very busy man this season uh for a guy that started out as, as you know the split contract guy and became the setup man looks like aj should probably take back that role now rysel's going to remain in the closer spot jesse you'll be back relatively soon but I, I would assume Ben Heller's probably going to stick around for a little while. Um, Michael Tonkin is kind of the guy that you let eat a ton of pitches. I, I don't know what that's going to be for him in the future as far as this season goes. But um, in the bullpen right now, another good thing we have to shout out is yesterday, talking about that, yesterday, that, that game yesterday where you didn't have anybody in the pen, really. It was nice to see Kirby Yates go out there and get his first save since 2020. Now, when Kirby Yates, before the Tommy John surgery... You could have made a, a real case that Kirby Yates was the best reliever in baseball. Incredible strikeout numbers, got lots of ground balls, just did great work with San Diego. And, and really, I think it was, I can't remember if it was 2020 or if it was 2019, but he had, a, he had one of the better closer seasons in recent memory. Now, obviously, he hasn't been that for the Braves, but he's quietly been very good. Now, I... I almost don't want to know if I want to say very good or just good, but he has been, he's been better than you're probably thinking he has been. And I think that's a good thing. If you can, if you can just tell me that you're better than people thought you were, then that's good. And you look at, at Kirby and he's got a three ERA on the season. Now that does come with a four, five, a four, five FIP and a four, five, four expected ERA and a four, three, five X FIP. So it's kind of mid fours to low fours across the board. But I'll take it. And I don't know how much of this is just because of how bad things were going early in, early in the year for him. Here lately, he's pitched well. And I'm going to say since May, we'll go to May 22nd. From May, so about the last month, 
So actually, I'll go. I'll go to May twenty fifth. In that time frame, so spanning a month, that's thirteen and a third innings. So call it, you know, I think it's about ten, ten outings. Let's see. He's uh, in those in those ten outings, and really, actually, if I take it even farther and go. I mean, if you start to go, if you go through the month, and this is crazy, actually. I didn't think I, I I'm sorry. I got caught up in this myself. But he actually has a 2.53 ERA going all the way back just to the start of May. Now, if you go up to that 5.25, like I was outlining there, in 13 to third innings, it's a 2.03 ERA with a 3.27 FIP. That is much more like it. That's a lot closer to what we remember seeing Kirby Yates back in the day. It also has a 34.5 ground ball rate, which I'd like to see that a little bit higher, especially for a guy that relies on uh, a splitter so much. Splitter's supposed to be a ground ball pitch. But you're seeing, you're seeing good work out of him, which is the most important thing. I'm not going to say that he's back to being that Kirby Yates, but if he can, if he can be solid... If he can be solid enough to where he's not relegated to the lowest of leverages or to when you're trailing, that's a guy that can spell Nick Anderson in a sixth inning a time or two. Now, the walk rates are still something that scare me. The home run rates can kind of scare me. But if he continues to get better and better, then that can work, especially once Jesse Chavez gets back and you can kind of line it up as, you know, Jesse Chavez, A.J. Minter, Nick Anderson, Rysel Iglesias, and you can kind of pick and choose between them at some point we'll get dylan lee back as well and then this bullpen will really be what we're looking for and that's why i'm not really that convinced you're going to see a lot of moves made it's going to be really difficult to figure out who you're going to lose from this bullpen just when you get the other guys back healthy like what two are you dropping when you get dylan lee back and when you get jesse chavez back because i don't think you want to drop ben heller but maybe you have to I don't think you want to drop Michael Tonkin, but that seems to be the most logical choice. I mean, maybe you can phantom IL Nick Anderson and kick that can down the road, but you're only allowed 13 pitchers. And then when you get Max Freed back, if you want to go to a six-man rotation, now you're down another bullpen piece. I don't know. that, And the Braves don't have a lot of option guys in their bullpen. I don't think they want to just DFA Joe Jimenez. Somebody will pick him up. And he's looked better recently and he's a guy that i i still you know it hasn't worked out well for him this year at all but i still really like the stuff i think the stuff is good it just for whatever reason hasn't worked and you can't really trust him i know snit doesn't trust him and that that's obviously going to be the big thing but the braves are gonna have some difficult decisions even if they don't make any moves you start adding in moves on top of that, and things are going to get very tricky. One thing I know that they're not going to have to look at now is position players, which is good. Because every time I think that they're going to need to move on from Eddie, Eddie goes on a, on a tear. And right now he's got himself up to 270. He's crushing baseballs. Marcelo Zuna uh, now with 16 homers on the year. Might be 17. He's at 16 or 17. Ronald, by the way, now at 17 himself. He just looks like he's going to lock up that MVP, despite the fact that Corbin Carroll's putting up what would be in normal years an easy front runner mvp campaign everything's going well for the braves now we'll see how it continues again joe ryan that who they're facing tonight this could be an ugly game for before both offenses this could be a soft contact debacle for both for both teams now, i will say the braves defense the braves do have the added ability, added benefit of being at home 
Um, we'll see how it goes. I think the Braves lineup is better. I think the Braves are better able to, to, you know, more consistently barrel up baseballs, even if they're not always going for home runs. So we'll, we'll see what happens today. But one thing's for sure, I am really, really looking forward to watching Joe Ryan and Bryce Elder square off. That's going to do it for me. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll try to be back again on Thursday. No promises. I do have a show. So we'll see. I'll, I'll get back at some point, though. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed it. Get ready for the Braves. Go Braves. Let's see Bryce Elder kind of uh, continue his, his stretch of dominant streaks here and see if he can get another seven-inning outing as well and kind of copy Spencer Strider. All right, guys. I'll see you next time here for the 643 Podcast. That's all, folks. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. FDIC.